If you haven't take problems, I feel bad for you, son. I got 99 problems, but a Chris ain't one. Hit me. Now, from the ESPN studios in New York City, this is Canty and Carlin on ESPN Radio. Breaking news, Coach Steve Nash and the Nets mutually agreed to part ways. Steve just looks so tired of all the BS. It was constant, and increasingly in the last few days, he was just kind of done with it all. This season really just started to unravel the, the Kyrie Irving situation. This was becoming an inevitability. This was a situation that Steve Nash was not going to be able to navigate. I gotta be honest, I don't know if Jesus could coach the Nets. <laughs> Honestly, who's navigating this? Who is navigating this? It's Canty and Carlin, ESPN Radio, and on the ESPN app, Steve Nash out. Fired today, or mutually parted with the Nets. Mm-hmm. And frankly, uh, from talking to people around the Nets, Steve Nash was exasperated with what has just become an untenable situation. This offseason... We went through everything that we saw with Kevin Durant wanting to get traded, Kyrie Irving being annoyed that he wasn't getting a long-term contract extension. Uh, Then they come together. Durant gets on the same page as management. And Nash, who many thought could have gotten fired after last year, uh, ended up staying. Chris, I am fully of the belief that once Ime Odoka became available this summer after what happened with the Celtics, the Nets, in order to try to make things a little bit better with Kevin Durant, might have said in those discussions, hey, you know what? Things don't go well early in the year. We'll get out of this. Maybe we'll turn to Ime Odoka because Durant is very, very close to Ime Odoka based on what we saw last year and and their relationship back from when he was with the Nets. Yeah, that's how it went down, Carlin. There's no question about it in my mind because you don't make this decision within 24 hours to move on from Steve Nash and then hire Ime Odoka. Think about that. All of this stuff happened today. I'm not going to believe that this just developed. This had been in the works for some time now, and I think that, in part, it was the Brooklyn Nets trying to acquiesce to what KD would want in terms of the coaching that would be around him and Kyrie Irving. Now, here's what I will say. Ime Odoka is an upgrade from Steve Nash as far as their coaching abilities. Can we agree on that? Yeah. Yeah, I don't think there's any question. Ime took the Boston Celtics to the NBA Finals in his first year. So I think having a coach that from an X's and O's standpoint can put you in better position to compete is meaningful, but that's only if KD and Kyrie buy into what Ime Adoka wants to do. And we know that he's a head coach that has a reputation for pushing guys, making them do things that they don't want to do, especially on the defensive end. I question whether KD or Kyrie could commit to defense the way that Ime Adoka got Jalen Brown and Jason Tatum to commit to defense. I just don't see that happening. And why do I say that, Carlin? Because when KD and Kyrie have been on the court for the Brooklyn Nets, they finished 23rd, 19th, and currently being 30th in defensive efficiency. They've already told us that they're not interested in committing to the defensive side of the ball. So why shouldn't we take them at their word at this point? And then beyond that, why should we assume that a change in the head coach is all of a sudden going to make them a more functional franchise? It's not. The change in the head coach was made to appease the superstar. That's it. That's it. 
But, but, but you've all you've done since they've gotten here is tried to appease the superstar. Yeah. And it hasn't worked out for you. Yep. So so why do you continue to go down the same course of action and get very little to no return on investment? What you got? One playoff series win what since choice? they've been here? One playoff series win since they've been here. What choice do they have at this point? And I'm not defending it. Sell I, off pieces. I sell off pieces. I, I Sell off, sell off pieces. All right, what are you selling off? I'm, right tr- I'm, I'm getting rid of Kyrie Irving for whatever I If I can only get role players back for Kyrie Irving. I don't know Hell, if you can. If I can get a YMCA membership back for Kyrie Irving, I'm doing it. I'm I, getting him off the team immediately. Kyrie Irving has to be off the team immediately. Exactly. And I bet he will be. I don't think he's getting traded. I think, it, listen, just getting a, a feel from people around the Nets today. There are a lot of people in that organization who are very angry about what he was promoting slash let's, let's tweeting the, last let's week. Let's call the Lakers and see what we can get for the Lakers. Let's call the Lakers. We'll give you Kyrie Irving. We'll take on we'll, we'll take on Russell Westbrook, and then let's see what else we got. Give me a first-round pick to go along with that for my trouble. Well, let's hear from Sean Marks on this topic, the Nets GM, first of all, addressing the Kyrie Irving situation. You know, as it pertains to Kyrie, I mean, we are having discussions like it's, it's been mentioned, you know, um, some internal, some external discussions. You know, I, I know from the highest levels, you know, we are involved with the ADL and getting um, and getting their advice and, and, and just hopefully um, they can advise us. The Anti-Defamation League, that is, mm-hmm. by the way. So does that sound like... Uh, a GM who is excited to move forward with Kyrie Irving? It does not to me. No, it doesn't. But I have a hard time believing that they're going to waive Kyrie Irving or hold him accountable with any form of discipline. They're not going to suspend Kyrie Irving. If they were, they would. If they were going to do it, it would have been done by now. The owner Joe Sy is putting statements out there on social media well, to Chris. try to, to try to, <laughs> I guess, Chris. draw this distinction or delineation between. What Kyrie is promoting versus what the Brooklyn Nets are 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 accepting. Let me ask you a question. When do changes usually happen in situations like this? The answer is when sponsors start to pull the money. And if sponsors start to pull the money from the Nets, which I don't think we're frankly that far off from, considering we've had people sit in courtside wearing, you know, defend or, you know, fight anti-Semitism T-shirts, yep. considering... Uh, we've had so many different people that have been offended by what he had to say. And this is building steam, not losing steam. This is not going away. And I don't think the Nets want it to go away. Like the Nets didn't, the Nets did not hire or did not fire Steve Nash today to bury the Kyrie story at all. That's not what happened. Like if that, if that's what you thought, if that's what other people thought too, Okay, that's not what happened. I think you're going to see this start to steamroll and build some more momentum toward Kyrie not being there. Well, I'm sure they're looking for the off-ramp for Kyrie. I just think that they'll be able to get something for him because there are teams out there that are desperate enough in order to try to put themselves on a different level um, based on how the early goings has, has, has went. And like the Los Angeles Lakers are a prime candidate. For me, I mean, think about it. The trade that was out there for the Lakers – that they were considering was Miles Turner, Buddy Heald, and Russ, uh, in exchange for Russell Westbrook and two first-round picks. If you're the Lakers and you can get your hands on Kyrie Irving for Russell Westbrook and just have to throw in one first-round pick, 
from a basketball standpoint, doesn't that make you a better team? Yeah, I. my point about Kyrie at this point, I don't know that from a basketball standpoint, he's going to be much of a factor this year. The way this is going, oh, somebody right now. no, he's too good of a player for nobody to. to no, I know, he's but too I, good of a player. They may sit out for a bit. No, it, no, 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 no. Yeah. He's not sitting out for. He's not sitting out for a little. Well, bit. Here, somebody, somebody's going to take on that baggage. You want to get a little angrier? Here's Sean Marks on why Kyrie will not do any media. He did not do media last night. He's not going to do media tonight. And yeah, at some point, he will come up here and, and and do media again. But I think at this point, it's it's, you know, we we don't want to cause more fuss right now more interaction with people like let's let him simmer down and let's let this whole uh i guess let's the cooler minds prevail and i think we need to go out and become you know educate ourselves educate the whole group and, and get some direction seek from the experts you know and, and the experts is you know one of them no. is certainly the idea Kyrie has to get educated let Kyrie simmer down let Kyrie simmer down please Stop. he's the one that offended a huge group of people, and, and, and at this point, it's like, why are we considering Kyrie Irving's feelings in all of this? He should be made to answer for him, for, for, for what he's done in terms of promoting anti-Semitic material. He should be the one to answer it. And here's the deal, Carlin. If that's what he believes, if those are his convictions, that's his business. I, I'm not here to judge. But he shouldn't ask other people within the organization to have to answer for it. That's where I have a problem with Kyrie Irving. That's the biggest issue, okay? He can believe whatever he wants to believe. And this is a free country, and people don't have the right to hate speech. You know how I feel about that. But if he believes something that's that's counter to what mainstream believes, that's his business. My point is, Brooklyn Nets, stop trying to protect him by not making him available to the media. Stop trying to protect him by having the head coach or the general manager or the owner have to answer for the things that he might do or say that's offensive to other groups. That's the biggest problem. But again, Carlin, it's this 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 culture of coddling Kyrie Irving and KD, which is what got the Brooklyn Nets in this situation in the first place, and they continue to make bad decisions based on their approach with their two superstars. Someone is going from pretender to contender after today's trade deadline. That's right! And it's next. Canty and Garland, ESPN Radio. Hi, this is ESPN's Mike Greenberg, and ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sports book of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today, and new users get $100 in bonus bets for making any sports book bet. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. Now, let's talk about the play of the week. The pressure to follow up Hypnotic and Cognac, weighing heavy on the team. Hypnotic was in the cup, blue, and ready for the play. And boom! Añejo Tequila came in with a smooth assist to Hypnotic's tropical fruit finish. Shaken, strained, poured. It was green and good! The playmaking splash shifted the tempo. Another great cocktail from the Hypnotic team. Every season is Hypnotic and Tequila season. Hypnotic Liqueur, Bardstown, Kentucky, 17% alcohol by volume. Hypnotic reminds you to think wisely, drink wisely.
Trade deadline passed about two hours and 17 minutes ago. Several moves made. Ten trades were made today, most ever, on an NFL trade deadline. Canty and Carlin, ESPN Radio, just today, that is. Ten trades were made today. The biggest one of all involved Bradley Chubb going to the Miami Dolphins from the Denver Broncos in exchange for a first-round pick, Chase Edmonds, and some other picks involved. Very, very interesting in terms of how it changes the dynamic in the AFC. So, exactly what does it do? We turn to Dan Orlovsky, ESPN NFL analyst for the answer. I think, number one, Miami can win the Super Bowl now. I did not feel Ooh. that way this morning. Miami wow. can absolutely wow. win the Super Bowl right now. Wow. With the way that Tua is playing and the way that offense is playing, watching that tape, I said this morning, I just don't want them to see them bringing all that pressure all the time because teams have caught up to it. The ball's coming out of quarterback's hands. It's still effective, but it's not deadly. They don't have to anymore. Yeah. I absolutely believe they can win the Super Bowl now, and if they do, they had to get a guy that could stop the other quarterbacks, and their quarterback is playing Super Bowl caliber football right now. Oh, boy. <sighs> Are they a Super Bowl contender right now? They're closer. We can't they're, argue they're, that they're, they're not. They're closer. Here's the problem with what Dan is saying, Carlin. Can Tua stay healthy? Can he stay healthy? Like, that's the biggest issue in projecting what this team is going to be. Can he stay healthy? He has not shown the ability, since they named him the starter, to be able to stay healthy. So there's that part of it. Second part, do I think Tua can go into Buffalo or go into Arrowhead and win in January? No. That's where you lose me with them being a Super Bowl contender. And that's how quickly I could say it, too, and mean it. That's my point. Yeah. So are they a Super Bowl contender? No. But I think this does signal that they believe they got their guy in Tua. The Dolphins believe they have their franchise quarterback. Because remember, they lost a first-round pick with some of the tampering stuff that went on with Stephen Ross and Tom Brady, that whole fiasco. They lost one of their first-round picks. They had multiple in 2023. Mm -hmm. They just traded the second of them to the Denver Broncos. So they don't have any significant draft capital to go out and change quarterbacks this offseason. So they're riding with Tua, not only this year, but for the foreseeable future. So I think that's the more important piece to the Bradley Chubb trade. They believe that Tua Tagovailoa is their franchise quarterback. Okay, so this is what we're saying in essence when we say that, though. There are two teams right now in the AFC that are legitimate Super Bowl contenders. I would say three teams. The third being the Ravens? Yeah. Can the Ravens go on the road in either of those two places and win? Yeah. Where can they go on the road and win? I think they can go on the road and punch Buffalo in the mouth. And that's a that's a team that they've Boy, played. Man, I don't know. That's a team that they've played in the playoffs in Buffalo before. So having some familiarity with that environment matters. I think they can go on the road and beat Buffalo. Buff, Buffalo, I am I am underwhelmed with what I saw from Buffalo on Sunday yeah, against I, the Green listen, Bay Packers I, team. That's I get spiraling. that too, Chris, but we we have to be fair about the Ravens. As much talent as they have, there have been plenty of times that we have been underwhelmed by what they've done, in especially in second halves of games. Well, they've been hurt, Carlin. Well, but that's not why they're blowing all those leads. Well, I mean, I, I think in part that explains it. Like when they lost to the Buffalo Bills, Rashad Bateman was off the field for almost the entire second half. Mm -hmm. In the first half, he, that offense he wasn't was the guy trying to stop the offense. They're giving up, you yeah, know, but, yeah, but the offense, play after play after but play. the offense was going three and out because they were stalling. 
So when your offense can't sustain drives and the defense is on the field for the entire half, that presents a problem. Look, I like the Ravens a lot. I don't think they can go into either place and win. I, I don't. The only thing I would say is the Ravens have a guy that actually, has an MVP at, at quarterback. Yeah, I would so actually. I, I think he Chris, has a chance to be on. Here's what I, here's what I would argue. I'd say the Ravens probably have a better chance of going into Arrowhead and winning than in Buffalo. Because and the reason I would say that is just because I don't believe the Chiefs' defense is nearly good enough or nearly as good as the Bills' defense is. But here's the point that we're making as it pertains to the two of it all. Because Dan Orlovsky says they have a quarterback that's playing at an MVP level. I don't think Tua can play at the same level and go blow for blow with the Bills or with the Chiefs in the playoffs based on what those quarterbacks have shown they can do in the postseason. Same with Lamar Jackson. I I think it's a different level. Lamar Jackson has more horsepower than Tua does. And that's why I give the Baltimore Ravens a chance to be able to go on on the road and play in either one of those environments and win much more so than the Miami Dolphins. Oh, all right, well, when you say that about Tua versus versus Lamar, you're talking about the individual player that he doesn't have as much horsepower. Yes. Okay, all right, I get that. But we do have to acknowledge that at the very least, Tua did come back and beat him. I'm not saying that Tua is Lamar. You're giving me a choice between the two, but he has beaten him already this year. Yeah, but they didn't have Roquan Smith, and that's a significant add. It's a significant add, but and the, I mean, def- the defense also added David Ajabo too. Okay, David Ajabo hasn't played a down in David the NFL. David Ajabo would have been a first round pick oh, out of that's, Michigan. That's he fine. would have been a first round pick. I, He's another edge rusher that I, I don't disagree. So you have, he hasn't played a down in the league okay, yet. But that helps when you consider that he's going to be in a rotation with Odafe Owe and Justin Houston. That oh, matters. Okay. Having pass rush matters. But I I don't disagree with that. Okay. I just, I'm not counting on a guy that hasn't played it down in the league yet. Okay. And I know he would have been a first-round pick. He was on the opposite side of Agent Aiden Hutchinson, and they were equally dynamic at times. Hmm. But I look at Ajabo, I love him as a player, but I'm not going to count on him in year one to walk in the door and be a huge factor in the pass rush. Well, he's going to be a part of the rotation, and that's the importance of it all. Like, you have to have guys that can get after the quarterback. And he's another one of those guys to go along with Justin Houston, Odafe Owe, Calais Campbell when he's back healthy. All of that matters in terms of projecting what the Baltimore Ravens defense is going to be. You brought up the point that they blew a double-digit lead in the fourth quarter back in week, what, week week three? Week, week two week, or week three? Two. Yeah. Week two. They played the Bills in week three. Week in two. Week two. And so my point is that ain't going to be the same Ravens defense that the Miami Dolphins would play in the postseason. Look, we not. made fun of the fact that Tua threw for 400-some yards in that game. So I have no problem with that. I think the one – I don't believe that the Ravens could go to Buffalo and win. I don't I don't think Miami could go to either place and win. If I'm if well, I'm Lamar Lamar Jackson has beat I will say this Lamar Jackson has beaten both Josh Allen and Pat Mahomes in the regular season that matters He's okay them both one this year well, it, 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 it's happened you're right it's happened I don't think it's happening if we're gonna talk in terms of the Ravens have gotten so much better the Bills have gotten a lot better since the last time he beat them the Bills still can't run the football when it matters most and they can't stop the run how the hell does that work out in terms of being a championship team. I think the bills. Help are, me with that. I think the bills are going to get better with stopping the run. I'm not as worried about that. They haven't. The other night, the I can't way, defend the, the other night. The they took the foot. Stop, the only way the bills can stop the run 
is if the offense lights up the scoreboard and the other team can't run the football. They took That's the, the only way. They took the foot off the gas the other night. I'm not going to dispute that. Canty and Carlin, ESPN Radio, and on the ESPN app, it's a little earlier than usual, but we will have a little three and out, a little play of the day coming up in just a bit, and also Steve Nash cut loose by the Nets. Ime Odoka looks like he is the leader in the clubhouse. Is that a big mistake for the Nets? We'll tell you why it is next. Canty and Carlin, ESPN Radio. Tired of ads interrupting your favorite sports podcasts? Good news. Ad-free listening is available on Amazon Music, included with your Prime membership. Amazon Music offers the most ad-free top podcasts. Enjoy shows like First Take, Pardon the Interruption, and The Low Post, available ad-free and uninterrupted. To start listening, download the Amazon Music app or go to Amazon.com slash ESPN Pods. That's Amazon.com slash ESPN Pods to catch up on the latest episodes without the ads. We all know breakfast is an important part of your day, but sometimes when you're traveling for business, you end up staying at a hotel that doesn't offer any. You know what happens? You grab a cup of coffee and skip the meal entirely. We've all been there. But if you book a room at La Quinta by Wyndham, you can enjoy their free bright side breakfast featuring delicious baked goods, fruit, eggs, yogurt, and waffles. And really, who doesn't want to start their day with a fresh, hot waffle? Tonight, La Quinta, tomorrow you shine. Book direct at LQ.com. Breaking news, Coach Steve Nash and the Nets mutually agreed to part ways. Steve just looked so tired of all the BS. It was constant, and increasingly in the last few days, he was just kind of done with it all. The season really just started to unravel. The, the Kyrie Irving situation, this was becoming an inevitability. This was a situation that Steve Nash was not going to be able to navigate. Tonight's hot ticket. Brought to you by Vivid Seats, where you earn rewards with every purchase. Vivid Seats rewards. Your ticket to more tickets. Vivid Seats. Life happens live. Canty and Carlin, ESPN Radio, and on the ESPN app. Presented by Progressive Insurance. We welcome in Nick Friedel, ESPN NBA reporter covering the Nets. And he joins us right now. Nick, let's get right to it. Take us through what happened with Steve Nash getting fired and how this all played out over the last few days. Chris, I think over time... Steve was just tired of dealing with all the stuff off the floor. Steve Nash wanted desperately to coach Kyrie Irving and Kevin Durant and help the Nets win a title from a basketball standpoint. But all three of us know that with the Nets, it's never just about basketball. And that's the biggest problem. They just could never get out of their own way from – self-inflicted wounds internally within the organization. It's just more drama all the time. And in the end, having been around Nash for this last year and having talked to him, 
even in the last few days, I felt like this was absolutely an inevitability. I'm just surprised that it happened the day after a win in between another game that's coming here in about 45 minutes. Nick, almost as soon as the announcement was made about the mutual decision to part ways, we heard grumblings that Ime Adoka would be considered as the Nets head coach. Now, it's hard to believe that this development uh, happened over the last 24 hours or just happened today. So can you take us behind the scenes on any potential conversations that happened ahead of time before Steve Nash was relieved of his duties? Uh, Mr. Canty, this is one of the strangest things I've seen in a while. And that's saying something given all the stuff that's happened with the Nets. I mean, to to hire Ime Doka, who is a hell of a coach, but has just an enormous amount of baggage that he is potentially bringing with him to Brooklyn, it just makes you shake your head. But that's what being around this Nets team makes you do on a daily basis most of the time. So as far as potential conversations that have gone on, uh, I I couldn't tell you about those right now just because uh, everybody's kind of waiting for Sean Marks uh, to be way more open than he just was in this press conference a little while ago. But, uh, again, this is pro sports. You're telling me that they had had no conversations whatsoever with Ime Yudoka and and all this stuff is just coming out of thin air? That is very hard to believe. But I would say that, my guess would be then that they had a very good inclination that Steve Nash was done long before last night or today. Mm. And they've probably been doing their due diligence behind the scenes. Nick Friedel, ESPN Nets reporter. Uh, you were one of the guys there the other night, and you got into it with Kyrie a little bit. Or I should say he got into it with you about this whole anti-Semitic thing. Nick, where has Kyrie actually apologized? Where are we with this thing? No. Uh, he hasn't said anything since that moment, Chris. Sean Marks made it very clear he's not going to talk post-game tonight after this Bulls game. Everybody's in a holding pattern now. The Nick, Nets- did he, just to be clear, did he apologize for the initial repost of whatever he was, you know, I don't want to say endorsing, but certainly putting out there on his platform? Uh, no. Yeah. And he, he made very clear that he was going to – stand on what he believes and his decision to put the post up in the first place. So, I, Chris, I, with this whole situation with Kyrie, you, it, it, is, it is hard to believe that the Nets have said nothing aside from Joe Sy's statement on Friday night. Uh, okay, well, then what? Uh, the Nets have said nothing since Kyrie press conference. Kyrie isn't speaking tonight and probably isn't going to speak for a little while as everybody – within the organization lets things cool down. The NBA has said nothing. Nobody has said anything. And and you've got so many fans who are so pissed off, frankly, at how the organization has handled uh, that and the fallout from it. it uh, again, we're going back to the same theme here, but it makes you just shake your head at all the different things that have gone on. Nick, the owner having to answer for Kyrie Irving's promotion of anti-Semitic materials seems a world away from Sean Marks drawing the line in the sand earlier this offseason. And so I have to ask the question, and I hate to deal in hypotheticals, but could you see a world where the Brooklyn Nets would entertain trading or even waiving Kyrie Irving? I think it's entirely possible. And I think a lot of it has to do with however he's going to respond 
whenever he does respond, Chris. Because if he doesn't respond the way both the Nets want and the league is looking for, then I, I think anything's on the table. I, I, I know we've been talking about potential trades for Kyrie all summer. We've had those conversations. What I would say is Kyrie doesn't come out and flatly say, look, I, I don't have any anti-Semitic uh, med- beliefs and I don't believe in this. I don't know how another team could uh, go into trading form and be comfortable with it and how a fan base would support that. So uh, there are a lot of different layers here, but I, I think all cards are on the table as we wait to see what he's going to say. Last one, Nick. we got about 30 seconds. KD's been the guy that has backed Kyrie at every turn. Do we have any inclination where he would stand at this point on this situation? Uh, I think that uh, that part of the relationship, while publicly he is supported and defended him, Chris, I think that's been a little overblown at times. I, I think part of this is Kevin's trying to figure out what is best for him moving forward. If he was so glued to Kyrie, he wouldn't have uh, asked for the trade in the summer to begin with. So, again, like everything else, a lot of different things going on, but I have never bought into Kevin is tied to whatever Kyrie is going to do. Nick, perfect stuff. We appreciate it. Thanks. Oh, you got it, guys. Have a good one. <laughs> I almost wanted to jokingly bring up that Kyrie said to Nick at the first press conference of the year, you and I are going to be buddies this year. He Apparently did, not. He, he did say that. <laughs> <laughs> and then uh, cut him off at the last press. <laughs> exactly. Canty and Carlin, ESPN Radio. Let's lighten the load a little bit. Make you some money. That is on the way in just moments. Canty and Carlin, ESPN Radio. Ten seconds on the clock. How many things can you name that are always growing? Your relationships. Your skills. Your customer base. How about businesses on Shopify? <laughs> Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real life store stage. All the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash network. All lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash network now to grow your business. No matter what stage you're in, shopify.com slash network. Well, take a couple of things away from Nick Friedle there. Number one, not out of the realm of possibility that the Nets are going to move on from Kyrie, whether it be in a trade or in just waiving him. Uh, Mm -hmm. And number two, we should not read as much into KD backing up Kyrie as much as that publicly has been the case. Uh, Maybe that hasn't been the case nearly as much privately. Yeah, I I mean, I could see a world where that that – is entirely possible. But here's the thing, Carlin. Even when KD made the trade request, it felt like the motivation behind that was the organization taking a stance against Kyrie Irving and saying that he has to buy into a team-first agenda and they weren't willing to give him a max contract extension. That was the genesis of the friction between KD and the Brooklyn Nets. So 
When I heard Nick say that, I, I, I don't necessarily know if I agree with it because on its face, it seems like KD is going to support Kyrie no matter what. And that's what he's shown over the last four years. So I just, I don't know, man. I, I think it's going to get ugly for the Brooklyn Nets. And I in no way, shape, or form think that Ime Adoka being introduced in the situation is going to be some magic elixir that makes them a title contender. And that feels just like pouring lighter fluid on the situation. It, it doesn't feel desperate? It does. And But, Chris, I, and uh, there's a couple of things to it. I think there are going to be people up in Boston that may have been people in that organization, whether they were affected directly by the Ime Adoka thing or not, that are going to be pretty annoyed that someone who was supposed to be suspended for an entire year uh, two months later is going to have a brand-new head coaching job making whatever it is he's going to make, which we know is going to be a ridiculous amount of money. Yeah. Uh, and I would not be shocked to see— Ooh, it's almost like you have to be careful if you're the Brooklyn Nets, right? Yeah. I, I mean, Chris, I mean— pay, Paying him an obscene amount of money—I mean, first of all, that's what it would take to come in and coach this bunch. Right. But paying him an obscene amount of money coming off of what Ime Adoka just came off of? And then potentially Ooh. have more details from what happened in Boston come out? If somebody decides they're ticked off enough to to leak that, that could definitely happen well, because you, they you did not to, get a lot of the details out. Well, Carlin, if you're going to go down this road, you have to operate with the assumption that that is going to happen. I agree. You have to have all the facts of the case, and you have to be comfortable that those facts are going to come out and your team is going to be able to deal with the backlash. Maybe that's the reason why the Nets are going out and hiring a PR st- a PR person. Maybe yeah. they're hiring a crisis management team because they know – that there are a couple of fires that they're going to have to put out between Kyrie and Udoka. I got to tell you, I've been fired, and it sucks. And it, generally speaking, it could be one of the worst days of your life. For Steve Nash today, this has got to be one of the best days of his life. <laughs> Honestly, like you said, Andy Dufresne, hands to the sky in the middle of the rain. Frankly, I would not be shocked to see Steve Nash tonight, Chris, on the Upper East Side of Manhattan playing in one of those pickup soccer games because he used to do it all the time, and I could absolutely love soccer. He's a big-time Canadian soccer player. I absolutely could see him up there tonight. Oh, let's play, fellas. Man, Steve Nash (laughs) is somewhere on Manhattan Beach in L.A. playing tennis. I heard he's a pretty good tennis player, too. Really? Steve Nash loves to play tennis. Not surprising. This guy's a tremendous athlete. But today, today for Steve Nash, has got to be an amazing day to get yourself out of that drama and that circus and know that that check is still coming to you. Mm. Canty mm. and Carlin, mm. ESPN Radio, you know what it's time for. Time to earn some cash. The taste of money, the smell of wealth. It's Carlin's best play of the night. The taste of money. And it is brought to you by FanDuel Sportsbook. Make every moment more. We're going to pretend that last night never happened. No, last night it happened. We we, we, we got to get our get our fans, our listeners back some change from last night because we led them. I astray. never saw that coming. We led them astray. We did, and as we were reminded in our group chat from our producer Evan Wilner, how many primetime games in a row have the Bengals lost? What is it? Twelve, something like that. Evan, thirteen. Thirteen, and Joe Burrow has never beat the Cleveland Browns. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. Thank thanks for that, Evan. We appreciate that. Thanks well, for the reminder. Uh, more importantly, I lost with you guys, Chris. My motto is. Never backward, always forward. Yeah. Let's look forward. But we have to ha- issue a mea culpa, though. Yes, absolutely. We're not Kyrie Irving in this situation. Uh, we apologize no. for the wrongdoing Chris, that we have. when you're right 52% of the time, you're going to be wrong 48% of the time. <laughs> 
I'm kidding. I, exactly. <laughs> man, I'm, you, you, my head was about to explode because it sounded like that Jerry Jones math. No. Actually, that math actually adds up, though. <laughs> but yeah. The point is, I'm not right all that often. Or, you know, we're not we, right you, you have time. been right a we're lot not right all more lately. But we got to make up for it tonight. All right, so here's saying. where we're going tonight. Ranger Suarez on the mound tonight for the Phillies. It's game three. And that's a big, and that's important because Noah Syndergaard was scheduled to start game three, but there was a rain delay yesterday. Mm-hmm. There was a rain cancellation, I should say. And so now that allows Ranger Suarez to be the guy on the mound for the Phillies, which is an upgrade from Noah Syndergaard, to say the least. Lance McCullers, Jr., Lance McCullers is on the mound for the Astros. Astros uh, are minus 125 favorites. Phillies plus 105. We're going Phillies on the money line. I like it. And we're going to tie in the Ranger Suarez strikeouts over two and a half. Yes. Over it. two and a half strikeouts for Ranger Suarez. Phillies on the money line tonight. Sometimes it's the worst. Sometimes it's the best. best. Either way, we'll get you straight with everything you need to know. This is Three and Out. On Canty and Carlin, presented by Progressive Insurance. Progressive is proud to support veterans and small businesses with their annual Keys to Progress vehicle giveaway program, helping veterans move their lives forward since 2013. Learn more at keystoprogress.com. Colts fired their offensive coordinator, Marcus Brady. Frank Reich will assume the OC duties for the rest of the year. And who was the Colts offensive coordinator prior to this? Nick Sirianni, who yeah. is now 7-0? Seven, 7-0 seven and oh? seven seven and and oh. with the Philadelphia Eagles. Wow. Yeah. Sometimes you got to shoot a hostage, right? I mean, Frank Reich is trying to save his job, and yeah. that's why he's moving on from Marcus Brady. But I have no illusions of thinking that Frank Reich is not responsible for the offense or lack thereof we've seen with the Colts. You think Frank Reich is out after this year? He's done. I think so, too. He's cooked. Good night. Tag the toes up the bag. Uh, Good point from Zach Kiefer, who covers the Colts for the Athletic. We underestimated at the time they lost an offensive mind about Nick Sirianni, as we were talking about. Then there is Michigan State. Their athletic director, Alan Haller and Mel Tucker, announced four new suspensions Tuesday in the aftermath of that altercation uh, in the tunnel at Michigan Stadium Saturday night. Defensive end Jacoby Winman, Brandon Wright, corners Justin White, Malcolm Jones, now suspended. Previously, they suspended Tank Brown, a linebacker, Angelo Gross, a safety. Defensive end Zion Young and cornerback Kyrie Crump for their involvement. Seven players now suspended for Michigan State. Why are they still on the team? Yeah, I think it's fitting. They should be dismissed from the team. And I, I wonder it, where the, the, the criminal charges are going to come. Oh, well, the criminal charge. there's evidence there, Carlin. That's, yeah. that's assault, an yeah. aggravated assault in one case because a guy decided to use his helmet as a weapon to hit one of the Michigan kids. So, I, I mean, the punishment has got to have some teeth, and I think this was an opportunity for Michigan State to take a stronger stance. Not only should those players be dismissed from the program, but Mel Tucker, the head coach, should be held responsible in some form or fashion. Even if it's in the shape of a fine, you've got to take a strong stance because there needs to be a clear message sent by the universities and a clear message sent by the conference in the NCAA that this type of behavior will not be tolerated. I, I, I can't imagine why there hasn't been more than a suspension. I, I have no 
good reason. They can well, say well, maybe, all they want maybe, that they're still investigating it. Maybe it's because of due process it. during an investigation. Maybe okay. that's a part of it. Maybe. Before they dismiss the players from the team. Yeah. Yeah. I'm not... Uh, to me, you look at the tape, you can figure some things out. Yeah, well, it doesn't have to be a lengthy investigation. And I think John Harbaugh is calling for it to be, you know, timely. I think that was the term he used. Uh, Russell Westbrook purchased a mansion, mansion in L.A. for $33.5 million. Ooh. So so he could purchase a mansion for $33 million and still have, what is it, $14, 15000000 million left over from his salary this year? This year. Yeah. No, this just year. this year. Just this year. Yeah. <laughs> uh, he bought the house from Petra Ecclestone, who is the billionaire heiress and daughter of Formula, former Formula One chief executive Bernie Ecclestone. The house is across the street from LeBron James. Is that a message? Is it a troll? Message, I'm not going anywhere. <laughs> I'm not going anywhere. I'm going to be in the pool. Exactly. I'm going to be in the pool. So not only do you have to see me <laughs> at practice, you got to see me when you come home. I'm going to be all over that shuffleboard court. Exactly. Everywhere. <laughs> we everywhere. You know what? Just with everything that's happened with Russ, I got to give it to him. That That's a pretty amazing move. Yeah, that's a flex. It really that's a, is. That's a flex. That's a flex. Uh, yeah. Listen, That's a flex. Given, given how bad that situation is, and look, Russ Trade is an LA Anthony guy. Trade Davis, man. Trade him, Carlin. Trade him. Whatever you can get for him, trade Anthony Davis. There's a contender out there that feels like they're a big man away. Trade Anthony Davis. Bring back draft picks. Bring back role play. Whatever you got to do. What's realistic trade to get Anthony back Davis. for him right now? What's realistic? He's still on the right side of 30. So I think you can get you can get a first round pick for him, and you can get a significant player. He's on the him. wrong side of the hospital, though. I, I, I'm, listen, I'm agreeing with you, Carlin, but but I mean, when he's Chris, at his best, he's a big man that can yeah. stretch the floor, and he's a great defensive player. And that's why I don't think their best play is to trade him away, because if you trade him away, you're not going to get anywhere near what his true value is if he's healthy. If you hang on to him for this season, and you ride out a bad year. And you get Russ's contract off the books. But you can't depend on him to stay healthy. So even if you have some machinations of trying to form a big three, he's not going to stay healthy. Do you think that there's not going to be a star that is going to want to go play with those two in L.A. next year? There will be. Carlin, I would prefer to have the opportunity to sign two other stars rather than the role with just one other star with A.D. and LeBron. Look, I think if you add somebody else to him, legit, you got a shot. 